Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We've got a, a full squad today and a special guest coming in on loan just for this this episode. We're going to be today looking at the, the launch of the Veikkaus Liga season. Um, the first few games, few rounds of games have been played. Um, we're also, Rich is insisting that we talk about the Sauron Cup final. I'm not quite sure why he's so excited about that. Uh, we'll we'll touch a little bit on the uh, the World Cup draw f- for the uh, Helmerit uh, and also Temupuki's injury. Uh, but I think the most important thing to kick off with is Euro 2020 ticket situation. So I mentioned our our loan signing for today. We're joined by. Uh, Jussi Hartikainen from the Suomen Maajoukkue Kanatajat, sorry, you'll see the Asamiko, the, the Finland National Team Supporters Club. Hi, Jussi. Hello. Uh, you can just call us Pohjoiskarre if it's easier. <laughs> Pohjoiskarre <laughs> works as well. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. good. Thanks. Uh, and I'm joined also by Keke. Hi, Keke. Hey. And by Rich. Hello. And by Mark. Hi. Full team. You'll see. You you should be quite honoured. The last the last time we had a guest on that got all of us here, yeah, it was when um, Lucas Radetzky joined yeah, us. So you watched good, that episode and it was it was a good one. It was a good one. Thank you. Did you have any props or a mask or anything that you planned to bring to the party? Or yeah. no, no. Okay. <laughs> just myself. Okay. I'm enough. <laughs> that's that's good enough. Good enough for us as well. Okay. Um, so there's been, I get, well, okay, let's, let's start the traditional way to start a game, which is blowing the whistle and the first half kicks off with the news section. And there's been a lot of chat between the Finnish football show team about what's going on with their tickets this year. Uh, Keke and Mark particularly, uh, had, had multiple trips planned. Keke, do you want to just tell a little bit about how it's been from your perspective, first of all? Yeah, I mean, obviously last time we spoke, I hadn't I hadn't been able to bring myself to um to apply for a refund from UEFA. I was I still had some small hope that I would I would make it to some of the games. And um but yeah UEFA decided to step in and cancel my tickets for me. I mean, um, we'll obviously speak to Yossi and he might be able to explain a bit more, but due to the um, ongoing situation with COVID and the uh, the reduced capacities in some of the host cities and, and host stadiums, um, I, I believe it must be to do with the, the social distancing and, and the reduced capacity, but UEFA basically um, entered all the tickets that had been sold in, into a ballot and um, drew them out of hats and and some people held on to their tickets and others had their tickets revoked um, and were, were, were sort of given a, 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 a refund, but it's it's sort of non-negotiable. That, that's the luck of the draw. But um, so, yeah, it's uh, obviously the, 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 the SMU core guys, the, the chat that was that was going around was, you know, check your check your UEFA account, see what's happening. So I uh, duly logged in. And there it was, ticket to be refunded. So, um, yeah, I, I guess in some ways that I don't have to panic anymore. The decision was made for me. 
But um, I won't. I won't uh, pretend that I wasn't. I wasn't upset. I mean, you know, it's it was going to be very difficult for me to make it to Denmark. What with uh, the travel restrictions, but just to see it actually, actually there, rubber stamped. They've taken that ticket away after working so hard to get hold of it. It was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a bit of pill to swallow. But but yeah, if if we want to bring, you'll see. What I mean, SME Core have been obviously working really really hard to for people who, who have lost tickets there there is well there there was i think the, the the expiry date was yesterday but yussi can confirm that there there was an avenue for people to try and try and get themselves into the stadium do you want to just let us know what that was all about yussi sure um we had a call from Palolito, the finnish fa about how some of their partners hadn't uh, out of fear of COVID or whatever yeah. hadn't taken full advantage of the capacity of tickets that they had and there was still some well some things going on around there and they offered a, some of the tickets to us because we had been saying to them that if you get any we will take them <laughs> we'll take all of the tickets that you got and um, that's Yeah, that's the short story of it. And, well, we got, I'd say, 100-200 names on the list for the ballots. I'm not even sure how many tickets we're going to get from Palolito for this one. But that's going on for the game game in Denmark. For the games in Russia, there's a well, smaller interest and a better chance of getting the tickets from the ballots and mm. probably even more tickets to raffle uh, raffle from there but that's something that's been going on the what you call it ilmottautuminen signing in ended last night so yeah yep and now now i'm i've given the list to <laughs> to the palolita people and uh, let's see who gets tickets or who doesn't i should know more Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. But now I don't know yet. Do you know how many tickets you have and how many people applied for these available tickets? Uh, about 150 people applied for the tickets. I don't know how many tickets we will get. That's mm. something that's not been confirmed. Not as many as that, I can, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. And all those, all those tickets were from category one and two. So as... As when we applied for the tickets for the first time in 19 November, Christmas, December 19, and we told our people to apply from category three, so that we would have a unified stand wherever in we were placed in the stadiums. But yeah, now we're getting some people in the category one and two as well. <laughs> so this explains why. Keke, you said that tickets of a, a lower price were refunded and now being offered these more expensive tickets. It's to do with the categories. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was something that sort of stuck in the throat a little bit. But but I mean, you know, far be it from me to um, accuse UEFA of uh, of refunding refunding cheaper tickets and then all of a sudden finding some more expensive ones to sell. But um, I just think exactly as Yossi said, you know, like. The whole point of the SMU core is for is for vocal support to go and support the team for 
everybody to be together to make the biggest and, and most, you know, visible spectacle uh, that they can. But obviously, due to this pandemic now, people are going to be sort of dotted all over the stadium. But, I mean, there, there's people, those Category 1 and Category 2 tickets, I think, um, what are they used to, maybe €125 Euros or, or something like that? Yeah, that was for the Category 2 and 185 for Category 1. They're selling plenty of hospitality yeah. packages, though. So, fair play, UEFA. Gravy train still rolls. Yeah. Yeah, compared to a, a compared to the ticket that I bought, I think it was something like €50 Euros for, for the original the original category. But, you know, people... People are they, they still want to go, obviously. So they're gonna they're gonna put their name down for those tickets, and I don't blame them. If there's any way that they can go, then then fair enough. Mark, what's been your uh, experience? Well, I mean, weirdly, I mean, I haven't really had that much of an experience because, like, there's nothing. There's been no no change for my tickets. I got some updates from UEFA directly about, you know, when the refund portal was open, and then you know what the general policy change was. But I've got I've had no idea, no notification really from anybody that like uh, you know I should do anything or, or that anything's changed. We did give back a couple of the tickets because like it was us and it was a group of us and we decided we 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 originally got tickets that was follow the team all the way to the final. Um, and uh, we given that we couldn't predict you know which cities we'd end up in for the latter stages of the tournament or what travel would look would look like, and plus the fact that that particular option was money on the visa, um, you know, we, we decided to take take the money back and just stick with the tickets that we had. And then if, you know, if as, as the tournament progressed and things looked all right, we could then maybe try and wangle tickets later on. But I've had nothing from from UEFA uh, really or, or, or outside of the generic guidance. So do you still think you've got tickets then? Do you, do you, as far as you're concerned, do you have tickets? I, I, I checked it. I log into my thing and it doesn't say that anything's coming back. So I, you know, these are still, as far as I can tell, these are still valid tickets. What do you think you'll see? Is that is that a, a regular, is that kind of the experience that other people are having as well? Well, <laughs> for some, yeah. Yeah, that's what's been going on. UEFA, they haven't informed anybody. <laughs> Not right. even people in the Finnish FA. Even those guys there don't know. They just said, when we find out something from FSE, Football Support Europe, they said, oh, wow, we don't know that. We have to check from UEFA. And <laughs> that's something that, well, UEFA holds everything close to heart. But uh, talking about the Category 1 and 2 tickets, I'm guessing why, we having, why we're having those for sale is that, well, the fans, supporters are, are buying the Category 3 tickets and they don't want to return them. And so there's more, and the people who have got money to spend were not so serious about it. They they bought the tickets to category one and two, and then saw that COVID is on. I'm not sure if I'm gonna get into Denmark in the in next three months' time. So I'm gonna just return it and watch it from telly at home. So that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking that there's not so much <laughs> bad spirit, bad luck going on with UEFA on this account. Well, many other accounts, yes, but, but this one, no. What, what about people who, like, if, if if the capacity is reduced dramatically at this uh, the stadiums and all of those with the cheaper Category 3 tickets turn up, they're not all going to be able to go. So what? how is that being managed? 
Uh, that's with the ballot. That's why they. <laughs> I'm guessing that in Copenhagen the capacity is something like forty percent of the original one. Now, so that's one thing there, and there's also the slots for people entering. You have to enter during your own time slots, and I'm guessing those will be like half an hour slots between, like from two hours before the kickoff or something like that. And that's something that they're going to be managing. And yeah, I don't know any. Well, we just so, have to find out. So the ballots that took place, people got their tickets automatically refunded if they weren't lucky enough to be yeah. selected, like that happened with Keke. Uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, if they confirm it, yeah, they confirm it. Um, I mean, I, I say my, my flights to Copenhagen, I took the early <laughs> refund because, to be honest, I just thought I, I back in January, I thought I'm not going to fly to Copenhagen twice in a week. Um, so, yeah, so, I, yeah, we'll, we'll be in the pub in uh, Hammersmith instead. <laughs> Hopefully with a load of Finns um, still rejoicing from the hockey when that starts. I mean, we were just talking off air there, quickly with Yossi about the um, the whole travel scenario. I mean, um, Yossi was explaining that Finland is already a, um, like in this traffic light system, Finland is already an amber country for, for entry to Denmark. So with a, um, you put the stick to your nose and yeah. So um, yellow. So, um, so yeah, you take your COVID test and, on production of a of a negative COVID test, I guess something like seventy two or forty eight hours or twenty four hours before you fly, you can you can enter Denmark. But um, I've been I've been checking the the UK website. Obviously, if I was going anywhere, I'd be travelling from from London here. And um, and yeah, at the moment we are <laughs> Denmark don't want Brits. We're forbidden entry to Denmark at the minute. Last time I checked anyway, uh, a day or so ago. But um, yeah, obviously, wait wait and see what happens with that. But Actually, it's yellow. Been, we've gone up yellow. So, so your travel plans then, Mark? Where are you going? What are you doing? And how does it work for you? Well, so all, I mean, yeah, we've we've got the the hotels in in uh, Denmark. We're all right at, at rescheduling us. So so we got the we moved the dates back a year for the for the hotel, which was which was pretty good. But uh, at the minute, we're now looking at like how do we how do we get flights and, and what does it look like? And I think one of the things that we don't know yet is if we um if we fly. So if you if you fly direct from from Finland, then you're the yellow country, and you just need a negative COVID test or a proof of vaccination or something like that. Uh, but if you have to, if you get like a flight through Riga or Munich or Denmark, like or Holland, I don't know if if you need a like a specific test from that country or 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 if that country's rating affects your landing because because if you have a transit, like if you've got a stop off, I mean then you can get a flight for a couple of hundred bucks. But if you have to go direct, I think the flights are like six hundred or something stupid like that. So it's really like I don't know. We don't we don't know yet. Well, Mark, you do, you um you do know that SME Corps have a charter plane, don't you? Yeah, we have that. Yeah, we have that, and it's well. The first one is sold out, <laughs> and the, the second one, well, the first one was with cooperation with Matkat. and now we're planning on working on getting our actual own plane 
and we have quite a lot of reservation for that too. So that's something that I can tell more about on Wednesday. It's Monday now, so I know more then. So people should check out the Pokios Carre website for information. We'll put a link in the blog. Yeah, and and our Facebook, yeah, and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Footis Forum Cocks and that kind of stuff. We're gonna tell everywhere when we know. But yeah, considering the Mark's question about the stopover, uh, it under if my correct understanding is correct, you don't need that test from that country. It's if you stay in the airport, it's not counted as staying in Latvia or Germany or wherever. Holland, you're just coming from Finland. Yeah, I, I don't mean to worry you, Mark, but you know the game kicks off in less than four weeks' time. Yeah, that's that's early. Saves on saves on the wallet. <laughs> it's really it's really kind of crept up crept up on us all of a sudden, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a chill guy. Yeah, I guess as far as they're concerned, it's just it's just well, you book your tickets, you know what's going on. Get yourself yeah, that's that's their point of view. Well, I mean, I, you know, it'd be a lot easier to plan if you know UEFA would send us a mail that actually had some good information. So, um, at least um, a couple of couple of the Finnish football show guys will be together because um, me and Rich we've decided to book ourselves a table in a pub. So, um, so yeah, we'll be together somewhere watching it, won't we, Rich? Nice. Um, you'll see, is there anything else that you want to let people know that people should be aware of about, about trying to travel? Um, to Denmark, that's about it. You just need to follow the official like Finnish and Danish information channels and, of course, British or wherever you are. You need to follow your own country's info. And uh, considering Russia, that's another story. <laughs> Nobody knows for sure what's what their what their requirements for entry are when games kick off, kick off, and that's well. I know for sure that we don't need a visa when we we got the fan ID, and they already told that uh, people with fan ID are counted as a special group that are allowed entry into Russia uh, during the period the fan for the fan ID like 29th of May to 12th of July or something like that was the dates. And so, yeah, I know that uh, considering that, I can I will get into Russia. <laughs> but I don't know if I will need the COVID test or whatever like that. There's been rumors that you're not going to even need a COVID test to enter Russia, but you will need a COVID test to enter the stadium in St. Petersburg. So that's something but... Yeah, Russia is a big question mark. I'm, I will be going there by bus from Helsinki with uh, Pohjoiskare, and uh, that's that's our our main entry method. That trains running there yet? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, it most probably will run, but it's not yet confirmed. Uh, you see, obviously, I guess this information, like you said, it is available from. The, um, the Finnish health service website, etc. But do you know? Uh, obviously, it's hard to predict the future. But returning to Finland from from Russia, is there some like quarantine period that you you need to do? At the moment, there is yes, uh, and most probably will be at at the time of the games. 
it's the it's the like quick method quarantine. It's like the, you get the first nose jab entering, you get a clean result. Seventy two hours after that result, you get a new, next jab and you get a clean result, and then you're sure. off. And but without that, it's a two weeks quarantine. So you can like make it in four days, or you can actually most probably get the first jab done in Russia as well. Sure. I mean, because that's that's the kind of that's the that's the kind of thing that um, I think makes it pretty difficult for a lot of people, you know, to return. It's fine going, to, but to return home and then, oh, okay, you need to stay stay isolated for two weeks or something and this this work etc i think that's that brings up extra extra difficulties but yeah cheers you'll see thanks for all your information no and obviously as you said um everyone should keep an eye on uh all the all the sm yiko social media channels and for the for the information that follows yeah and we will be putting together a package like info package that's going to be live early june like a week before the games and that's that's the timetable for it. And then by then it should be like up to date and correct information that you, you can get, but you can't put it now because things will change. That's, yes. that's something that <laughs> we know for sure that things will change. So just just I think just the, the final word on that is just to say like a big thank you to to Yussi and Marka and everybody in the SMU core board who are obviously working so hard to make sure that fans can can get to the games and safely and and and, and get the correct information as soon as it comes out so I think the rest of us will will join me in saying like a big isokitos to to you yeah, well done, you see you're most welcome you're most welcome sorry got a question from my child here no pressure. It's the modern way. When you're on, you're on these guys, like, why are you talking English to these to these guys? What's going on? Um, uh, thank, thanks, Yossi. Yeah. We'll we'll put the links to uh, all the places people can find uh, your story sure. online uh, yeah. to get all the upstate information. And I think it's, I hope it's useful yeah. for people to just hear us asking the questions that they've maybe got in mind as well. So yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, and. Um, and as I said before, the first game, the first um, competitive game in the Euros is uh, on the twelfth, so it's less than less than a month away. That is true. And it's just a small plug here that the uh, charter flight it's going to be around four fifty to five hundred euros between the the price for, from Helsinki to Copenhagen and back. So if I'd say considering nowadays prices, it's it's relatively reasonable <laughs> for the for a straight flight, but yeah, thank you guys. En- enjoy enjoy your trip or trips. You'll see good good luck, and we'll we'll speak again. I'm sure we will. Yeah, we will do that. Yeah, I, the <laughs> kids are calling. No, no worries at all. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you all. Kedos, Yossi. Kedos. So just to just to run through the the the, the upcoming fixtures, we're we're going to do a, another show maybe next week where we really look in more detail at uh, perhaps the the squad and the um, and the games that are coming up. But 29th of May is the friendly game 
against Sweden uh, at seven o'clock in the evening, finish time. Uh, and then on the 4th of June is the home game in Helsinki against Estonia, again at seven o'clock, finish time. It's very friendly kickoff times. I like this. Um, and then it goes into the into the three competitive games. So on the 12th of the 6th, again at seven, it's uh, the Denmark game away. And then on the 16th at 4 p.m., beautiful, is uh, Russia away. And then on the 21st of the 6th at 10 o'clock, at night, finish time is the is the Belgium game. Um, I don't know if any of you guys want to say anything else about those fixtures, or should we wait till next week and go through it in a bit more detail then? Yeah, let's do it next yeah, week. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I guess Unless you want to try and say Swoman Yoko in Ganatayat. Swoman Ma Yoko Ganatayat. I can say it. I just tripped over my fat tongue. <laughs> Um, so next, next, uh, next thing on my agenda was the squad news. Again, maybe we'll we'll look at this in more detail next week. But there is a question here: just how injured is Demo Bulki? No one knows. Well, I, I was um, kind of expecting it might be a short a short segment. Yeah, I, I think the. Um, I mean, it came out before Norwich his last game that he had ankle ligament injury um the, the, all the noises have been of that he'll be fine for the euros but uh, i mean this is this is the point where you know we're in the run up to a tournament i mean being english we know all about that with metatarsals and things like that but um you know we uh, no one really knows and again the the, the squad or the, the the working squad meet up on the 24th for the training camp beginning before the real squad's announced on the first. Um, so they're going to have to have kind of an idea or a working plan of who's going to be in that, I don't know how many, 30, 35, you know, that, that they'll work off. Um, the assumption is that Pookie will be fine. Um, perhaps maybe a slight wrestle doing some good, but the problem is that the way he plays, you know, we talked about this before, you know, if, if he's not 100% fit, is he going to be, you know, there are some players who could probably operate quite well at 80, 90%, but the way he's been playing, you know, he's been playing for three years now, basically at a hundred percent. But yeah, I think, um, you know, we've had nothing efficient. And he's been in such good form lately as well. Mm, yeah. We're saying until we get something sort of concrete coming out, and I guess it'll be from the Finland squad now. Mm. Mark. I was just going to say that, um, yeah, ankle ligaments is usually a sort of a six to eight week break, which puts him back on his feet, like, and raring to go in, the, in, the, in like the first week of the tournament, like as the tournament kicks off, which means he's not exactly going to be match fit and sharp. So uh, I don't know. It, it, it is one of those things that, you know, maybe he could make a relatively quick comeback and he could be totally fine, but somehow I, I have a hard time believing it's as it's as uh, good as they think it is. I've I've heard that he's um, sleeping in a, a crypto Cairo chamber and he's drinking shed loads of beetroot juice, so he's going to be perfectly fine by the time the uh, by the time the time the Euros kick off. And we spoke with uh, with Andy Niemi, didn't we, about his company selling the beetroot shots? Um, yeah, and what what's the connection with Pukki? Uh, he's a shareholder now. He, he's bought into the company. He's like Mr. Remington. Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> he loved it so pres- much. <laughs> well, the, the the little press release thing was that he uh, it's become part of his routine before the national team game, so it was only right that he uh, he give him some money. But I guess he'll be sort of bathing in it, rubbing it into his ankle and everything for the next four weeks or so. So uh, it's probably just as well he has shares. <laughs> it come out with a bright red beard for the first game. <laughs> Also, to any of our listeners, Google yourself, Google yourself a bit of rebeat. It fixes all manner of qualm. <laughs> to be uh, to be honest, quite quite a few of the professionals are are using it. You know, like Yona um, Toivio, he's um, he's in, he's involved. He's he's doing shots of this stuff whenever he gets the chance. And um, I think Jesse Ornen and Lucas Radetzky as well are uh, they they um. They're involved. They're, they're getting they're getting it down them as well. So um, yeah, it's the uh, it's the way to go. Just look at the season Joranen's been having over in Italy. There you go. Who knew that beetroot was so good, eh? Um, Rich, let's let's deal with this. There's a reason you're wearing a bright red, <laughs> bright, red bright yellow shirt today. Oh. Sorry. Um, let's oh, talk about the Sormor Cups final. Um, well, where, where to begin? Uh, 120 minutes of. Pure total football. Um, went went to a penalty shootout. Um, uh, to be fair, I mean it was it, w- it was a pretty dull game. Uh, nil nil. There weren't many clear cut chances at all for either side. Um, the highlight was really the uh, the red card for the Venezuelan left back. To be fair, had been asking for it. Um, but yeah, I mean it was a as you said, it was a high quality penalty shootout. I think of the. The ten kicks, nine, the nine goals were were, were decent, and uh, yeah, we we did have a good old chuckle because at the end of the game they brought on was it Luis Henrique yeah. to with uh, in injury time of extra time his yeah, first touch of the ball and uh, he did the old kind of stuttered run up and you know, it was saved by Verton and. And uh, to be fair, someone produced a heat map on Twitter of his game. It was literally walking from the bench to the penalty spot. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's good. It was um, great because I mean, Finland, uh, Finland Cups hadn't won the cup since 1989, I think it was. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that I think you know, sounds a bit patronising, but there are teams in Finland who will appreciate it more. I think. Um, you know, because to some clubs, the Sormon Cup is like a eh, yeah, fine, especially these days. I mean, it's essentially a glorified pre-season tournament now. But um, you know, the fact is, it still carries European place, albeit the the Conference League, and it's um, yeah. I mean, it's just a nice bit of silverware to add to the the league title from sort of eighteen months or so ago. And um, yeah, it's uh, very much appreciated. And yeah, it's good. I think. You know the the top of the tables already start to take shape, and uh, you know, getting one over the champions or the the winner, the holders as well was was nice to see. But um, yeah, say qu- quality on the pitch, not so bad. But we'll take it. So, which comp- Euro European competition do coups go into next year? Oh, this is the uh, UEFA Conference League. So they're already in it for the upcoming season, but this they have become the first team to qualify for the 2022-23 to 23 edition. So that starts next summer. Um, yeah, this is the one that's so weird, it makes the Europa League look like the Champions League. Um, 
yeah, it's, it I don't want to go down an old man thing. tangent, but when it used to be called the Cup Winners Cup, you just didn't really ask any questions. It was the yeah. Cup Winners Cup. It was the, if you won a cup, you were in this cup. It made sense. Simple. But this is, but they've split it now because now the Cup Winners Cup is essentially yeah. the Europa League, because the Cup winners of the top fifteen countries go into the Europa League, and then the Cup winners from everyone else goes into the Conference League. I'm not sure, but I think there's a way that if you're knocked out early enough of the Champions League, you can drop into the Europa League. Someone will probably tell me I'm wrong. I'm not sure if you can go into the Europa League, then the Conference League. But yeah, essentially, it's it's the thing that all the top countries are trying to avoid. I think um, at the moment in England, Arsenal might come seventh, which means Conference League, which would be the worst possible outcome. I'd rather have no football, no European football because that's, it's they don't, they don't have a, yeah, the, the Europa League is suddenly looking a little more appealing. That's a that's a really interesting point because I thought that um, obviously wrongly that when UEFA announced this new Conference League, I I thought that it was for the so-called smaller nations to have a chance to have clubs in European competition, and then you've got. If it wasn't if it wasn't bad enough that the team who finished fourth in the English Premier League qualify straight away for the Champions League group stage at the expense of champions of so-called lower nations like Finland, Scotland, wherever you want to look. But the team that comes seventh in England goes into the conference league, you know, again against these these clubs from so-called smaller nations. I thought the old point was to give those smaller clubs a chance to play in Europe, but it just, you know what I mean? I don't know. But the winners of this competition get the prize is the group stage of the Europa League the season after, just to reinforce yeah. the hierarchy. Because um, the season coming, obviously, with qualifiers come soon, but you've got, yeah, Cups, Honka, and Inter are in the, uh, the next season competition, the first one. But um, yeah, it's basically what they're doing is taking all the chuff out of the Europa League and putting it somewhere else. So the Europa League has fewer games and on balance, a slightly higher average quality of team. But again, you're just sticking everyone somewhere else. It's a... Do we not think that this is somehow a bit like the Nations League? Like the... The the smaller uh, the the clubs that get into Europe and get knocked out in the first qualifying round every year now maybe have a chance to progress through something and build a little bit of experience and momentum. I certainly I hope mean, so. It, it could be. Yeah, but but the, I think the difference being though that like it's the same teams yeah, that they play the, in the you've Europe. Got like West Ham will be in it. You know what I mean? Somebody like that, and I think it's. It, well, I mean, the smaller teams that don't get a chance in Europe. <laughs> it's still, it'll still be a big step, I think, for a lot. Of, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's true. They're not going to get shellacked by, you know, Real Madrid or or whoever. But I think it's still, a, um, it's far away from that. I think and I, it's just one of those things. It just, it seems like it's needlessly complicated. For any team that does draw against West Ham in the UEFA Conference, um, just take take uh, solace from AFC Wimbledon 4, West Ham 1. It was only two years ago. I'm sure Keke remembers vividly. I certainly am. Yeah, yeah you're, st- you're still dining. Is that the checker trade? Doesn't matter. <laughs> just um, just to, to, to going back on Rich's point about the, um, 
the Sulman Cup having turned into a, a glorified pre-season tournament. Before before the final kicked off, the uh, um, Cups were a glorious, triumphant, triumphant in. Um, the uh, the Hoyikor fans put out a big a big statement to, or sort of an open open letter to the to the Palo Lito sort of um, urging them to uh, to give the Swarman Cup back some some sort of credit. Um, I am unfortunately not completely all over what what they were asking, but uh, the the gist of it was that um, you know let's let's give this cup competition the the credit it deserves. It it used to be a it used to be a, a real a real crowd puller back in back in the day. You know, people sort of a bit, I suppose, a bit like the FA Cups lost a bit of kudos. You know, the um, they, the the Hoyikor fans feel that the that the Sawman Cup has um, has gone down the same road. So yeah, I mean, I was I was all over that. I was um, I was really interested to see what 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 they were trying to say, and hopefully, someone in the uh, Palo Luto Towers will uh, will take a bit of notice. They have been. There is some levels of trying to improve both the standing and the um, reputation of the cup. Um, the, the Palo Lito have hired Tommy Levo Yokimaki as kind of an ambassador and uh, some kind of working group to improve things. I'm not really sure how that's going to work when you've got a cup competition that's essentially for around 35, 36 teams. When I think I, I looked at it quite recently, about 10 years ago, yeah. there was something like 300 entrants. It's now whittled down by about ninety percent. So, unless you're going to completely rejig the whole format, there's not a lot you can do. With well, I mean, that. I think the big thing is that, like, so the, the 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 reason it was popular was the reason that the the Vegas Liga clubs wanted to change it, right? Which is that when you have three hundred clubs and and like I, I, we we end up and what what used to happen relatively regularly was that in the sort of second or third round when when Vegas Liga's turn teams turned up. You'd get, you know, regularly you'd get scores of like 12, 13 nil as Hoyiko ramped romped over some pub team. Um, and I think that in 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 one sense, you do you do think that those games are yeah, they're quite a mismatch, and they're also they're not really like that's not helpful to anybody. But by the same token, you know, you take away the chances of of like Mupa are struggling to reform themselves in any meaningful way. Right, like Mupa, they're quite capable. They're a lower league team, quite capable of a cup run. There's a couple of teams. I mean, Futo right here in Porvo, you know, like they've got no real uh, chance to kind of affect the the pyramid of the game, and that's why that most fans are checking out of it because because there's not. It's only competitive for about you know five or ten teams. So I think it's. Um, I don't think I don't think bringing in an ambassador and having a technical discussion about how to make it better is the answer. The answer was already. Look, it was kind of an ugly cup, as 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 cups tended to be. But that's what people liked about it. Okay, let's. We got one more news story before halftime. <laughs> it's very long first half. We had we had our we had our loans loan signing in right at the beginning. We had our extra time before we kicked off. It's all it's all back to front today. But I just wanted to touch on the Helmerit, the, the the Finnish national team, women's national team, and the draw for the World Cup, which kicks the draw, the draw's taking place and the qualifying games start in September. So Finland has been drawn with Slovakia, Georgia, uh, Ireland, and I guess that's Republic of Ireland, and um Sweden. Rich, I think you you made a comment about this in our in our chat. 
Um, yeah, so this is the for the, the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Um, so Sweden were the top seeds in that group and uh, Finland was second. I, I mean, the, the, the unfortunate thing is, unlike the Euros, is only the top team are guaranteed to qualify. So, you know, the, it, there is going to be a bit more pressure on this. Um, and there's a very convoluted, although be it quite exciting playoff tournament should um, should that be necessary but I think Finland reaching the Euros whenever it takes place next summer um, you know they, I mean they're going to play Finland they're, uh, Sweden they're going to play Ireland they're going to have you know some decent games in preparation you know there's the way the calendar has shifted means now that instead of friendlies they're going to actually have competitive fixtures to warm up for that tournament and um, I, I think Finland while clearly not in the same sort of category as Sweden in women's football, but I think they should be fairly confident that they'll give them a game and on the run it on the performance in the qualifying for the Euros, shouldn't really need to fear them at all. I mean, you know, as long as they can recognise that and it looks like something they learned how to play against teams that were on paper better than them. So while they're not the favourites to win the group, I, I certainly wouldn't put it past them if they get a bit of rub of the green and, uh, and if things work out nicely for them. It could have been a lot worse. They missed out on like Holland, Germany, you know, the, the Portugal. They're, they're proper, like proper tough teams. Like we, we got past Portugal. I think Sweden are on a similar level to this, to, to Portugal from the last qualification round. So I think it's a uh, um, yeah, it's it's that's a that's a doable group for the Helmut. I don't want to um, don't want to give too much away, but uh, yeah, once the, once the the that group was drawn, I um, our. Uh, our mate Paula, I got I just dropped her a message and said, How are you feeling about this? And in um typical confident manner, she was like, We're going to the World Cup. So um, <laughs> so yeah, there we go. <laughs> just picture it as well. Okay, I can see the referee preparing to blow his whistle for half time. And we've got we've got a new halftime tradition that I think Keke and I kicked off last time, which is Begging. Um, we've got the we got the Finnish football show store now on T Public. We've got we've got merch, and it was nice to see that it's not only been bought by the four members of the Finnish football show team. Hey, before I do anything else, my new T-shirt arrived just this afternoon. Look at this beauty. Looking good. Now you can support. Now you can support the hooker yet and support the Finnish football show. So, tpublic.com. Um, the link is in the um, in the blog post, in the show notes. Um, and Keke said that somebody bought an Ilves-coloured uh, logo T-shirt. So, where, where, whoever you are, we don't know, whoever you are, please wear it to the next game and send us a picture of you wearing it or put it on Instagram or social media, you know, wherever, wherever you want to and use the uh, hashtag FFS team colors. I'm going to uh, ask you call next Saturday. I'll wear mine. I'll, I'll put it out there and, uh, and let's see if anyone else has got one. And uh, it'd be awesome if we could see one of these Hulkiat supporting t-shirts at the euros this uh, this summer um rich tell a little bit about buy me a coffee um well, that's really a kind of donation based uh 
website where you don't get anything for it other than you get to contribute to the running cost of the podcast by uh, buying us I mean it's a coffee but we'll, we'll have a beer off it uh, we'll find some cheap bar in Cali or something like that and uh, is Cali cheap anymore um, no okay uh, we'll buy a bag of cans instead and um, but yeah it's um, we've had yeah Farid bought us a couple didn't he and uh, one of my listeners from my other podcast Matt Cunnington bought us one as well so that should uh, keep us going for I think the first round of the famous three kings for the Denmark game but um, yeah it's um, I mean there's there's no t-shirts there's no merch but it's, uh, it's a nice sort of uh, well no commitment anyway and uh, we, we're grateful yeah thanks people. thanks to uh, Matt this this week for uh, for supporting us it's uh, it is appreciated um, Mark you, you let's move on from the from the Advert- advertising break to our halftime feature of Yasilla Sipuli. And the one that I've gone with from your suggestions is Lennatan Soikun. Yeah, yeah, Lennatan Soikun, Flight of the Shower, uh, which is another uh, colloquialism for being sent off. Yeah, I suppose the closest thing in English would, would be um, early bath. But they don't have that many baths yes. here in, in Finland, so straight to the shower, flying into the shower. Anybody get sent off? <coughs> Moja. And Len Das Oikun. The Finns wouldn't like an early bath in England anyway because they moan too much about their hot and cold tap. And <laughs> the heating on him, mate. It's shocking. And let's kick off the second half. Um, we, we said we'd look at the, the first few rounds of games in the Vakaus Liga. So... Um, Rich, do you want to lead us off here with with some of the uh, some of the learnings from the from the first few rounds? Um, I think where we are is already after sort of three and a half, four rounds. Um, the teams that we thought would be competing for the medals are the three teams competing for the medals. Uh, the promoted teams um, have had a mixed bag. Aceolu have been beaten in all three games. Uh, Cortepe actually won, they won away to Hacker, which was a very good result last week. They won 3-0. Hacker, Hacker, yeah, Hacker uh, lost all their games. And I think they've only scored one goal. So you know, already there's a three-point gap from the bottom two. Um, those two teams are looking, I mean, Hacker looked really, really poor last week. I think that was a game they were you know, really looking to win. Uh, Tamil Tainio's had I mean, he did well to get them up a couple of seasons ago, but last season, you know, it was only a late run of form, really, that kind of kept them out of the trouble. Um, other than that, I mean, we've had, you know, a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I mean, as you can say, Ashiko unbeaten, at least, after three games, and our friends at uh, Helsingin IFK, um, they, I'm learning, um, you know, they had um, had some good results as well. And uh, the game that we mentioned uh against Ashiko a couple of weeks ago they were winning 1-0 their how can we put it tempestuous creative hub Mossa was uh, sent off for something that only he could do really is giving up yours to an empty stadium <laughs> which is just genius um, and then they went on to concede a late goal um, and Mariham have been surprising to be honest um, I watched the game or the, watched the half they played uh Olu at home and they scored three goals in five minutes. 
I mean, Ola were dreadful and they subbed their keeper at half time and he wasn't injured. But um, I mean, they, that sort of little period they had, they looked fantastic. Uh, I know we mentioned, or you mentioned in the preview, that losing Adamy might have been a, a bit of a loss to them. But they seem to, I don't know, I think taking him out has probably made the team better. I think he was very much a kind of one man show. And I think that that got proved when he moved to Sweden. I think I think his coach pointed that out at one point as well. So um, interesting. I mean, again, you know, we're, we're early doors and we're already starting to see sort of natural selection, as it were. But uh, it'd be nice to see a couple of new faces. I mean, Maraham have struggled in the last three or four years, so it'd be nice to see them in the top half and and giving everyone a game. As Richard said, the the top of the table's just sort of taken on its natural form. But um, but yeah, that Maria Hammer, the team that I was going to pick out, um, aside from the uh, the cups result, which you know you would you would have put cups down to win that really, but um, they've been really impressive, and their their next game is at home to Hacker. So they'll uh, considering Hacker's form, though Marion Hammer will be looking to uh, continue their, their their free scoring and put a few past them. I wouldn't doubt. So um, yeah, I think they're they're probably the one. The one to keep an eye on to see how well they can do this this year. Yeah, I think I think Hacker are, are going to struggle a lot. Like they lost. I mean, they, they at the end of last, they didn't do that well last season. But they had a, a really big squad because they brought in like basically every alternative player. And Aero was even was even I mean decent. Not he didn't sort of set the world on fire, but he was all right. And I, it looks like they haven't really brought in any any quality players to 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 compete. So they're gonna they're gonna fight with Olu for. For uh, for bottom of the pile, um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see Asu go win, and and that that and then and then the last thing is that that Mustang Yagubi sending off. I don't know. I, I I yeah, celebrating is celebrating a goal in an empty stadium, giving a giving an up yours gesture to an empty crowd, and he's already three games in. He's already suspended. You like just ah. There were big wigs in the stand, I believe, at that game. So he maybe he was letting his feelings be known to the to the management of Asikor. I don't I don't know. Um, I was one of those people experiencing parts of the game from outside a locked stadium, um, which was essentially pointless, apart from to let the the team know that we were there. Um, I've, I've put in the the show notes some of the a few pictures that I took and I shared with you guys while we were there. Um, basically, the outer wall of the Oma Aspir Stadion is like a massive cheese grater, and so like like it's it's abrasive like that. So you have to get close to it and sort of peer through these little holes, and you had to go around one corner to sort of see the goal this end. And you could see about a quarter of the pitch. But when the ball went down the other end, we had to sort of run around the other corner and look through. And there you could see about a third of the pitch in a different direction. It was uh, farcical. And uh, Julian and Tim, went, uh, friends of mine, went to both games to stand outside and shout. Uh, I, I did it once just to say I was there. But I I watched the... the, the um, Hoy Afcor game on TV sat on my sofa with a couple of friends and we got smashed, which was much more fun than standing outside in the rain. So uh, we, I know I know what I'll be doing next time we, we're we locked out of stadiums. I won't be standing outside shouting. You mentioned that though, Mark, but one of the most sort of heartwarming things I've seen so far this season is the um, the Helsinki EF Corps 
players going up to to celebrate with their their fans, the Stadin King, who were who were as well locked out the stadium, but they'd they'd found themselves a little vantage point. I don't know how much of the pitch they could see, but they'd sort of set up their their flags and 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 their other bits and bobs, and they were all there. And then after the match, um, Matilla. He, he sort of gathered the team and, and walked them up to the top down out, out the sort of back behind the seats and they led each other in a in a in a big old chant. So that, that was I mean that was brilliant to see, you know. So obviously the players were aware that the fans were were out there, even if they couldn't see the pitch or couldn't see the fans, they they heard the noise. So yeah, they they made their way up there after the game and uh, showed their appreciation. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, and fair play to the SC team in the first game uh, a few of them came over to sort of acknowledge us but you know we weren't sure how long we should hang around for and I guess they weren't sure exactly where the noise was coming from but in the second game I saw on TV that the whole team went over and sort of almost under the into the concourse under the stand to sort of acknowledge the lunatics that were out there so um so fair play and I, I think also uh honorable mention to uh in Turku wasn't it um, that was the TPS opening game yes. against TPS, um, the fellow in the yeah. crane. Absolute brilliant. Um, followed by that weekend into, was that the game against Hacker? They allowed six fans into the stadium. Uh, last weekend, was, uh, he, of course, had five spread amongst the Itakatsumo which was 100 metres long and they were, I think they had a block to themselves. I think the rumours were that they could only get their tickets from opening a special chocolate <laughs> bar and they were met at the gates by a man in a purple top hat. But it's, um, I mean, some of them have been pushing it a little bit. I think it's just like, we're allowed six in, so we're going to have six in. Um, there's a lot of differences amongst the regions. Um, and I think this weekend they're starting to open up a little bit more. Yeah. But it's... It's nice to see some of the creative efforts of the fans. That I mean, those Asiko ones at the weekend. <laughs> it was uh, tucked away in a far corner. It looked like they were in some kind of Soviet nuclear Hoover Dam kind of thing. But I, I haven't been to Oldham for a couple of years. So uh, I don't know tonight, right for, so the latest game the, the, in, the, in the round, uh, for those listening close to live, was uh, Hoyiko just beat Lahti 2-0 and the Risky brothers both got a call. Uh, in that one, but but Hoiko Akirihilati, friend of the show, uh, had invited um, uh, Marine, the prime minister, uh, in to, to the to the stadium for this for this match to give her a tour and a look around around how how the organisation has been sort of like improved and how they're pretty confident that that if you return to you know I think a 40 percent capacity that everything will be hunky dory. So hopefully a bit of good press for for Hoiko for the government and and within the next couple of weeks that we should start to see capacities improving. There was an, an announcement today that the fans will be allowed into Asikor on Saturday. I was so busy preparing this show I didn't get a chance to read it properly, but um, at least I think season ticket holders will uh, will have a chance to get in. So like I say, I'll be I'll be there and I'll I'll post a few pictures online. Hashtag FFS Team Colours, remember? So um, two big two big questions from that. A, did Sana Marin turn up to the game? And B, who does she support? <laughs> well, um, they, I think when the Vakehouse League sent her the open letter on Friday, 
she replied with the kind of government speak, I will come when it's safe to do so, blah, 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 blah. Um, her husband used to play for Tampere United um, and I think a couple of other clubs as well. So I'm assuming that it's, it'll be one of the Tampere clubs anyway. But they also offered a free scarf. That would sway me. I I think also we should get back into, uh, as well as looking at sort of recent recent results and, and league table and just, just start picking up on the top scorers. So although there's only sort of three or four games played by by most of these players, um and okay, there's a there's a whole raft of top scorers with two two goals so far, but um it's and, and that's probably changed after after tonight. There's probably one or two more. Just join that join that group. But um a nice long list of nine people, but I'll give a shout out to Jake Jervis at Astucor because uh well, because he's playing for Ashley and it's nice to see someone on the score two goals in in three games, and uh, and he also missed a penalty. That's one thing Ashley Cor needs to do is find someone who knows what a penalty, how a penalty works. So we missed two already this season, and that would have added a couple of points. Get him in the England squad for the World Cup. I think we're pretty much at the end of the show. There's the whistle, and Keke, you suggested our candidate for following. This week, I did. Yes, we, um, as as listeners will know, we're we're each of us are quite active on Twitter, um, and over there, there's a there's a relatively new account on on Twitter um, who, who sort of came along came along at the, the back end of last year, uh, and this guy's concentrating on on football from all over the Nordic region, so. Um, you get the the odd tweet come out about Finland and um, but yeah he's 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 all over Iceland and yeah there's news from Sweden Denmark Norway all the uh, even the, I think even Greenland he's, uh, he's 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 bringing out bits and bobs from Greenland as well so um, so yeah if that if that's your thing get over to Twitter and uh, and follow Nordic Footy so that is at Footy underscore Nordic and. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of interesting stuff from club badges and uh, and team kits and and all that to to maps of Nordic countries showing all where the clubs are located and um, and bits of news coming out as well. So yeah, we've had a bit of a had a bit of a chat over there and um, yeah, I thought you know people who are interested in uh, in in our show might might be interested in the wider Nordic region. So give him a follow at Footy underscore Nordic. It takes four of us to cover just Finland. How does one <laughs> one guy cover the whole the whole Nordics? Does he not have a job? For goodness' sake. <laughs> okay, I think we're I think we're pretty much done. Just a few few people that wanted to um, to sort of mention people who have reached out to us on social media. So we've got our Facebook page, which is for content coming directly from us. So our own podcasts and blogs. Go there first before we share them elsewhere. Uh, but you'll also find a link to our Facebook group. We've got over 170 people in the Facebook group now. So join in, follow the, the kind of news, other other stories connected to Finnish football that we share. And, and feel free, share. We, we want, we'd love you to sort of start those, those conversations. Um, and obviously we've got the, the Instagram page and the Finnish Football Show YouTube 
channel, which is where you'll find this video and all our previous episodes. But um, hello to Joe Parr, who reached out on Facebook to ask where to watch Ukunen games. And Rich, you gave the answer, which was? Uh, Ruto, like pretty much every other domestic Finnish football at the moment. It's, uh, it's all there. Joe was a, I think he was a, a convert to Musa via championship okay. manager. <laughs> I think is how a lot of nice. people discover Finnish football. As so. good a reason as any. Um, also, Kari Kallio, who sent a message on Facebook to blow a little smoke up our asses. Um, but he's also an Asikor fan and he was very complimentary about the uh, Notoyoki show that I occasionally appear on. So that's double, double plus good from Kari. Thank you. Uh, and also uh, Adam Smith too on Twitter, who thought the recent show with uh, just Keke and I featured a very strong performance, even though the FFS squad was a little threadbare. So thanks, Adam. We appreciate you noticing and, and taking the time to, to reach out. So, And you can follow one or all of us on Twitter. Keke said we're all very active on there. That's not true. I'm not, but the rest of them are. But you'll find me on at Explore Finland. Uh, Mark, who are you? At FC Swami. And Keke, who are you? At Keke Mulari. And Rich, who are you? At Escape to Swami. And I reckon that that's just about it for this for this show. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, which will be in a week or so, maybe 10 days, we'll get the next episode out to you looking at the uh, at the Finland squad for the Euros. But until then, thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.